We're closing out the book of Colossians today. And last Sunday we had a break uh, to celebrate Easter. And what a wonderful day on Saturday. If you happen to be here Saturday with the Easter events we had for our community, for the kids and families, um, too many to count. Uh, we're here and we had a great time for all that were involved in that. I think uh, we fed something like 800 hot dogs uh, and stuff. I, I mean, just, just amazing things. But our desire is that God's church will be seen as a friend and a help to our community. That's, that's what we want. That's our goal that we're looking for for Libby Christian Church. And then our Easter services on Sunday were great. Um, so many visitors, family members and friends who visited to uh, church here, came to church to honor and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Uh, um, and Jesus changed everything for all of eternity. And uh, Jesus is the way back to our Heavenly Father. We know that. And Jesus gives us hope in this world that it seems hopeless. You look at the news or, or um, they don't have to spend very much time. Things can get, look kind of hopeless. But God gives us a living hope that lasts for all of eternity. And Jesus is the one that makes that possible. So good, good celebration at Easter last week and what things mean for us. But as we close out this letter that Paul wrote to the uh, Christians in Colossae, we hear the clothing thoughts of Paul, and uh, he uses, I call it name dropping, to bolster the authenticity and the credibility of the letter that he wrote to the Colossians. And Paul mentions uh, eight names beside himself to drive home the fact that, uh, and the authority of what was written, the letter that he had sent there. And anyone later could have crossed, verified through those witnesses that the information that was contained in the letter of Colossians that we have today. And remember, too, as we think about that, there was communication that was going around from false teachers who were causing trouble. And by the way, the same things happened today. Uh, people claim all kinds of things that are against what God's Word has to say. And uh, false teachers have been with us since the beginning. Satan, what it boils down to, Satan's a liar and a deceiver, and he twists things around. That's his business, and he's done that since the beginning uh, when Adam and Eve made a bad choice. So, uh, take your Bible. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Acts. And um, Paul gives a clear, easy-to-understanding warning to the elders of the church in Ephesus. And listen what Paul says as we think about uh, um, the reason really the reason Paul wanted to qualify the book of Colossians the way he did, so things like this don't happen. Acts chapter 20, 
starting in verse 28, says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, which is the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Pretty easy to understand, isn't it? And uh, uh, the writer here in Acts is, is talking to the elders. And our church, we have elders that are here to oversee the flock and watch out for the very things that uh, we're talking about. But the book of Colossians was inspired by God and was preserved for us today. And the application is just as meaningful today as it was when it was received by the Colossians. So open your Bible to the book of Colossians. And we're looking in chapter 4, verse 7. And we're going to close, we're going to close the, the book out here. It's good to hear the pages rattling. And also there's Bibles in the, or in the, under the seats in front of you if you want to read along. It says, Tychicus will tell you about all my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains and grace be with you. So that is the closing of the book of Colossians. Um, the names mentioned, Tychicus, Onesimus, Aristarchus, Mark, who is also the author of the book of Mark. 
and Jesus called Justice, and Epaphras, and Luke, who was also the author of the book of Luke, and Demas. And then Paul gives uh, greetings to the brothers in Laodicea, and then a lady named Nympha that was uh, having church in her house there. Um, Paul gives instructions uh, to have this letter read at, to the church in Laodicea. And then here's the interesting thing is we're reading it here today at Libby Christian Church 2,000 years later. Isn't God's Word amazing? Yeah, it stood the test of time. God kept it in our hands. And it's been... Uh, Many, many times people have tried to do away with it and destroy it, but God's Word stands. And then I like when Paul says in verse 17, uh, say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. Paul is giving them instructions to give encouragement there. And as I thought about that, I thought this would be like another minister encouraging Phil here at our church to, to see to it that you fulfill the ministry that you've received in the Lord. Just a statement of encouragement there. But we've studied through Colossians and we know that it has meaning and direction for us today. And as I thought over the book of Colossians and the past messages Phil has had from this interesting book, I wondered if someone asked me what were five things, and I don't know why I thought this, but I wondered what would be five things that stood out to you from the book of Colossians? What would that be? And then when I did that, that when I thought about that, it kind of took me back to school. Do you remember when you were in school and you would have to read a book and do a book report? Do you remember that? Yeah. And uh, if it was a good book, uh, it was easy to do a book report, you know. But if it was a book that you had no interest in, it was hard to do that. I remember the we had to read this book called uh, uh, The Catcher in the Rye or something like that. And it, it was like, I remember I couldn't really read it. Luckily, we didn't have to do it in shop class. But uh, um, we were supposed to read it and you'd do a book report. So you had to figure out how to get enough information to, I guess, make the teacher think that you read the book, right? <laughs> uh, that, and that's how that would work. But So I went back and I read the book a couple of times out loud to myself. Beth wasn't even around. But I, I looked for five specific things that shined out to me. And I just want to tell you that it takes about 15 minutes to read the book of uh, Colossians out loud. I'm a slower talker reader, so that's about the time frame I was in. Some of you could do it quicker than that, but um, it's an interesting thing to do, just read it that, that way and think about it that way. Uh, and now, then I thought, if we had a hundred people doing this, it would be different for all of us because Colossians is packed 
with a lot of different things that we've talked about in this sermon series um, through the book. And there would be many different perspectives as God's Word speaks to us. And what I would pick as the five things now, a couple of years from now, I would probably pick five things in a different way the next time. You know, that's the way God's Word works. But we're going to have a slide up here, and here's the five that stood out of Colossians uh, um, for my, I would call it a book report, okay? So these are the, these are the five things, and you'll, you'll see them listed here if you want to look at that later on when you get home. But let's start out with the, the first one, uh, verses in chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. It says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of this you have heard before in the word of truth the gospel so as i thought about that remember the gospel is the story of jesus whenever you hear the gospel being mes- uh, mentioned or the gospel message what that is, is that is the story of Jesus. And, and the story of Jesus is what our faith is built on. The story of Jesus is, is what we have our hope in. Um, if you're like me, and you read the news and you see what is happening, are, are you not glad that God is the one that is taking care of us? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad our government and, and our politicians and stuff, I, I'm, I'm glad they're not the ones that I have my hope in and that, that I look to to take care of me. Jesus is the one that I'm going to put my chips in His basket. Then the, the second thing is, let's go to verse 15 now. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And what I like about this is this is the deity of Jesus. God in the flesh. And then Jesus uh, goes on to say in verse 18, and He is the head of the body, the church. So, wow. Isn't that good stuff there? To think about uh, Jesus was God's Son. He was... God in the flesh while He was here. He took on the form of man so that He would understand the things that we go through. We have a Savior. Uh, the, the, God's Word says a high priest that knows and understands the things that we go through. So the deity of our Lord and our Savior. Um, 
That's one of the things that shines out to me here. And one of, one of my favorite things that I like too is in verse 17 where it says, and in Him um, all things hold together. You know, the, the things that we see the, in the world and the universe and stuff, they hold together because of Jesus. Isn't that something? Uh, it's hard to imagine that, isn't it? And so every day that you get up and you look out the window and the things that you see and the fact that you're breathing and that the moon is where it's supposed to be and the sun is where it's supposed to be and that we're not floating around above the ground where we have gravity holding us here. Those things happen because of who Jesus is. I love to think about that. Third thing is, go to uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 13. And you who were dead in your trespass and the uncircumcision of your faith, or your flesh, excuse me, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside nailing it to the cross. So, we've been forgiven. We have forgiveness. Only Jesus could bring this gift to us. God required the sacrifice of His Son for the forgiveness of our sins. Remember, in the Old Testament, uh, sacrifices were made. uh, Sheep, goats, doves, bulls different things without blemish that were sacrificed and God rolled the sins of the people back. Then Jesus showed up uh, and He became the sacrifice for us. When He died, and, and we got to remember that and think about that last week, Easter Sunday, it died and then He rose again. And we have that uh, assurance that our sins are forgiven. We have forgiveness of sins. So that was, that was something that Paul reminds us in the book of Colossians. And then the fourth thing, if we look at chapter 3, verse 5, starting in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Um, here we have the idea of that old person. Did As I read through that, did any of those things apply to you? Things that uh, we struggle with? It does me. And uh, 
those things are put away. We put that behind us. We put our new self on. Do, do any of you know someone that, that somewhere along the line found the Lord and you saw a change in them? Think about that in your mind. Yeah, because it happens. All of us here in the church family along the way have seen that happen or in our families. Um, I've been part of the church family here since I was seven years old. And, and along the way, I, I mean, I've forgotten probably more stories than I can remember about changes in people's lives that come when Jesus became their Savior. And uh, when you look at the faces and the names, you're reminded of those stories. And uh, so, the old self is gone. We put the new self on. That's another thing that is good about what Paul points out in this book. And then the fifth thing, telling others what God has done for us through Jesus. And that's in chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So, here we have the, well, the Great Commission that is in the end of the uh, 28th chapter of Matthew is to go into all the world preaching and teaching, telling others about the Lord, sharing God's Word with them. But here Paul, Paul reminds us that that's something that we need to do. And we can all do it. Uh, tell the story of what Jesus has done for you. doesn't have to be complicated. Now, your, your book report as you went through it or would go through it could be similar or it could be different. Different things than what I just listed. But God has lots in this little book. This short book, the book of Colossians for us. And if you were here two weeks ago, Phil used an illustration in his message from Max Lucado. And that's going to be here. And, and this is a quote. It says, Tucked away in the cedar chest of my memory is a Sunday school teacher in a small West Texas church. She gave each of us a can of crayons and a sketch of Jesus torn from a coloring book. We didn't illustrate pictures of ourselves. We colored the Son of God. We used what she gave us. No blue for the sky? Make it purple. If Jesus' hair is red, the teacher won't mind. She taught us to paint Jesus with our own colors. And so the thought of, the thought of that is we have a story to tell, each one of us. And then our life that we are leading is an example. So here's our challenge once again. We have opportunities to paint a picture with what God has given us. And, and remember, the, those uh, cans of crayons didn't all have the same colors. They had to use what they 
needed what, what they were given in that story of the Sunday school class there. And it's different for all of us. We have different life experiences. We have learned about Jesus in different ways. And yes, some of us are learning, even while we speak today, we're learning more things about Jesus and what God has done for us. But we need Jesus in our life. He's what makes the difference. And uh, He will bring us into eternity to our God in heaven. So, tell others what He's done for you. Color a picture of Jesus. Think about your life and what you are doing and what other people are seeing uh, Jesus in you. Because that's what's going to spread the Word and tell others about Jesus. That's how it's going to happen. And with, those, with that being said, let's pray and uh, ask God to help us do that. Because He's the one that can help us. And, and uh, um, what a wonderful opportunity that we have and uh, Josh is going to close us out when we're done, and we'll have opportunity for prayer time over here. Stuff he'll explain that, but let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us. Father, uh, this morning, God, as we think about your word and what you have done for us, God, there's so many things just in this one small book, a few pages in Colossians that that uh, you inspired Paul to write and. And we can see the need for sharing the gospel. We can see the need for uh, changing our life and showing others around us how life can be different. So, uh, hear our prayers today, God. And, and if there's ones here this morning that are not uh, um, sure about who you are or what you can do in their life, Lord, show Yourself to them. And I know You'll use other people to do that. And uh, help us as a church family to take our, our uh, lives serious that we can help others find what we have found. And so, Lord, we are just praying and asking all these things in the name of Your Son, Jesus. Amen.